What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the third episode of the NHL podcast. My name is Safira and my co-host. Rahil, how you guys doing, Safir? How you been, man? It's been a couple weeks. We've been chilling. We've been enjoying it. NHL 23 is getting that much closer. I'm excited, man. Are you? Oh, man, I'm so excited. Time is absolutely flying. And you know what? I had so much fun doing our last episode. Yeah, it was um, awesome. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. And I've really been looking forward to this one because we have like two incredibly special guests joining us. Yeah, yeah I'm excited well, for it. Safir, why don't you tell us who's going to be coming on, man? Yeah, no, for sure. Well, in the first part of the podcast, we have a gentleman named Daryl Samson, who is the organizer of the King of NHL 94 tournaments. They've held several of them, and there's going to be one coming up in Toronto this October. So really excited to talk with him. And then later on, we'll have a competitive player on as a special guest. So without further ado, let's bring in Daryl. Hey, how's it going, guys? Oh, there, there's the man, the legend. How are you, Daryl? <laughs> legend is a bit, a bit extreme, but thanks, anyways. <laughs> so, listen, Daryl. I mean, obviously, you know, Safir mentioned the NHL '94 tournament and everything. Give us a little history lesson, because, like, for me, I knew it was around, but like, I never really knew how it started, how it began, all that kind of stuff. So, give you know the viewers and listeners a rundown of how this tournament kind of started. Yeah, it actually started in, in 2015, and how it came about was a gentleman by the name of Mikey McBrien, who is, uh, he was on this TV show called Ice Pilots NWT, huge fan of the game. And so he actually just wanted to do a sort of a 10-minute YouTube video about why people love the game so much. But what ended up happening as part of this uh, journey, we'll call it, he ended up interviewing uh, tons of people. Um including former players, uh, programmers, those kinds of things. I mean, he had Steve Larmer, uh, Glenn Anderson, Cliff Ronning were all in part of this documentary called Pixelated Heroes, which you can actually, uh, it's on YouTube, so you can Google it and watch it on YouTube. But it was it ended up being like a 45 to an hour minute piece. And the culmination of it was he wanted to find out who was the best player in the world at NHL 94. So he hosted this tournament uh, in Toronto at Real Sports downtown there by the ACC. Uh, he needed some help organizing it. And that's kind of where I came in, where he was just sort of the, the planner of it. But I, I sort of took the aspects of, of putting the actual tournament together, uh, me and another uh, gentleman named Michael. And so we had 64 players uh, for both consoles, so 128 people registered. Uh, and when I say consoles, we're talking about Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo. So, you know, it's your it's your Xbox, PlayStation rivalry, you know, back almost 30 years <laughs> <Yeah>. ago now. <laughs> so, and the and the reason why we had two is like when you guys play your NHL 22, regardless of which system you're playing on, the game is basically the same. I mean, I listened to your podcast the other day and you said there is some nuances about online play that might be a little bit different. But for the most part, I think generally the games are are, are the same development. Mm -hmm. The Sega and the Super Nintendo ones aren't. I mean, even though they're labeled the same, they had different developers. So when you play them, if you send them side by side, they look completely different. So uh, we wanted to have a champion for each. So we played the whole day. Uh, and it was kind of funny because uh, we, we kind of ran out of time. Uh, Mikey had the place <laughs> booked till nine o'clock. And I think it was, I think the Toronto Raptors had that venue booked afterwards. <laughs> uh, and we kind of waited around nobody actually showed up so i think they booked it but whatever they weren't there so we actually had to take the last two players who went on sega and super nintendo we went back to a hotel to finish it oh my god <laughs> yeah. that's awesome 
So, uh, and this is all part of the documentary. It's all being filmed as part of the documentary. And, and this isn't really spoiling it either. So in case you wanted to go watch it, but um, we had to decide, okay, well, how we're going to decide who the champion is because the games are really vastly different. So yeah. we came up with a format. We said, okay, we'll play one game on one system. We'll play one game on the other system. If somebody happens to win both, they're the winner. If they're not, then whoever has the better goals for uh, gets to play on their last console, and it was just one goal. And so there is a ton of people packed in this hotel room, which is not that big. But um, so the guy who won it, his name is Mikhail. He's from Toronto. Uh, he scored the goal probably a minute or two into the game uh, on his own console, obviously. And then as part of the victory, we had um, – we had it so that the winner could smash a con the other console with a sledgehammer. Oh my god! No. Now this Ultimate was actually supreme. supposed to take place outside the ACC. Yeah. Uh, when the or outside the real sports when it was done, and so they wanted to do it in the hotel room. And I'm thinking, oh gosh, this is this is probably not the best idea. But sure enough, they brought out the Sega Genesis and uh, Mikhail took the sledgehammer and, <laughs> and smashed it way more times than he probably needed to. At one point, Mikey had to stop him, but uh, we almost uh, they almost got kicked out of the hotel room there. It wasn't my room, <laughs> thankfully, but anyway, so that was that was the story of how it all started. Since then, we've had um, we've had five other tournaments. Uh, I've hosted them in Vancouver. We went to Las Vegas, we had one down there. We came back to Toronto uh, in 2019, and uh, in the last two years, because of COVID, we had them we had them online. So, right. but this year we're excited uh, to come back to Toronto again because uh, just I mean the city itself, obviously, it's just, in my opinion, it's just the hub of of hockey. I mean, players come from all over, but a lot of them are in the north, you know, the northeast from Quebec, from Ontario. We do get players from everywhere, as far as Texas and California and, and BC, but. Um, Toronto's a very easy place to get to, too. Lots to do there. So that's where it all that's where it all came about. Wow. That's that's a crazy induction story. I, I can't think of another crazy story. That's incredible. <laughs> Watch the documentary. It's the, there's a lot more to it in there than that if you if you have a chance to. So I absolutely love that. And like the other thing that I'm thinking about, I'm like, Rahel, maybe for next year's GWC, if we have like a, you know, I'm a PlayStation guy. And if a yeah. PlayStation guy wins a GWC, you know, we should get like a sledgehammer and just like smash that Xbox. Oh. I'm not a big fan of that console. In front of 5,000 viewers on Twitch, bro, everyone would <laughs> yeah. lose their minds. That's like $500 down the drain. Well, we were... We were thinking about bringing it back this year. I probably, if I, <laughs> if we do it, we'll pick up ones that aren't working because they're things are a lot harder to find nowadays. Yeah, that's consoles, true. Right. So, yeah. so, but there's, you know, there's some non-working ones and maybe we can find a couple of those and, and let the winners of each console get to smash the other one is fun of it. So that's fine. Well, Daryl, so you mentioned that the seventh uh, edition of the King of 94 tournament is taking place in Toronto. And I know Rahil and I were hoping to show up because I'm sure it's going to be such a great event. We always talk about those in-person events and like we always talk about having these events in places like Toronto or Montreal. So we're really stoked about this, uh, about that. Can you give us more information about like the time and place and registration, stuff like that? Sure. Yeah, and you know what? It was interesting, too, because I did listen to your your episode two podcast, which if anybody's watching this right now, go back and listen to it because those the two of you give a really good understanding of eSports, NHL eSports, the whole thing. So, I mean, I knew some of it, but I learned quite a bit of it from the two of you. So. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the tournament itself is taking place on October 15th. It's a Saturday. It's kind of a two-day event 
which starts on Friday, but the Friday night is more of, we, we add some other games like NBA jam and, and, uh, and Ken Griffey baseball, just some other games that people like mm-hmm. we're doing a two V two that night as well. It's, it's on a, a hacked ROM. So the best way to think of it is playing, think of it playing NHL 22, but just two players on the ice. So I know mm-hmm. they have the 3v3. We do the 2v2 and two guys, we have teams that. of two. So it, people love it um, because it's, it wasn't the original game. It's it's something different. Mm-hmm. And on Saturday, we have uh, the Sega version. Uh, Sega Genesis is in the morning, and the Super Nintendo version is in the afternoon. Uh, and our NHL 90, there's an NHL 95 community. They wanted to kind of be a part of it as well. Not, not as big as the 94 community, but we're – uh, they're going to have their tournament uh, as part of it as well. So it's kind of a real sports retro theme yeah. weekend. It takes place at Waves Gaming, which is uh, it's it's technically not in Toronto. It's in uh, Vaughan, I believe, which is just uh, north there, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I'm in Saskatoon, so I'm, I know the GTA <laughs> a little bit. but <laughs> uh, And we host the tournament. Uh, there's a maximum of 50 players. So we're, we're already about 50%. We're already ahead of uh, what we were in 2019 in terms of sold out. We're already... We've already got 50% sold out. And most people usually sign up in the last two or three weeks because their guys are traveling. They're trying to figure out, you know, get time work off and that mm-hmm. and that kind right. of thing. So we usually see a big, uh, big push at the end. Um, the format itself is a, it's a round. We put people in groups of six or sorry, of seven or eight people. You play six games. So three home, three away. Um, and here's something I was going to mention to you because you guys were talking about on your second episode podcast about how to determine what guys should be uh, using to determine what teams to pick. You were talking about mm-hmm. uh, you didn't like it because some of them, you know, were maxed out players and you thought, well, that's a little bit much. We do something that's different from that. And maybe that's something that's interesting to you guys. So yeah. what we do is when two players play, the visiting team picks the matchup and the home team picks his team from the matchup. So, for example, if Safir and I were playing and I was a visiting team, I might say, okay, Toronto, Montreal, who do you want? And you're going to take who? Oh, definitely mm, Toronto. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm sure if I was asked for Hill, he would have said Montreal. Never wearing Toronto, that hat jersey. So, since 94, I probably would have went Montreal. Yeah, you might be screwed yeah. here. So, so and, then once, and then once that's settled, then we play. And And the nice thing we like about it is that you really have to know all of the teams because you don't know what the other guy's going to, he's going to throw at you. And yeah. what we've found over the years is that people will sometimes throw a matchup that entices. They like, they want the other guy to pick a certain team. So they will definitely, they'll pick a disparity between the two teams. For example, in Vegas, I remember it was, was getting down to the finals and they called a New Jersey Rangers matchup. So if you know the game, well, the Rangers are really good. New Jersey's kind of okay. I thought, and I was broadcasting. I was, I was the broadcaster. And I was like, this is a kind of a really strange call. I was sort of questioning what the guy was doing, but he won. He knew that, you know, he could play with the defense on New Jersey. And so he ended up winning that game. So it's been interesting how it's kind of evolved. Um, we've done, um, we, like I had one guy in the community. I said, you know what, is this format really good? Can you kind of tell me how often is the home team winning? How often is the visiting team winning? So he pulled probably about 300 games. It was almost split right down the middle. Wow. And so that kind of told us, okay, then we think we have a good format here. It's fair to both sides, no matter what they're taking. The guy who's visiting team, um, you know, he knows the two teams, so he gets to pick the matchup. Mm-hmm. The guy's home has got a little bit of advantage because there is a home advantage in the game, just a small one. Mm-hmm. Um, in your round robin, you can't pick the same teams twice. 
So your three visiting games, you have to pick all six, six different teams. Mm-hmm. And we have a sheet that records that. So, I mean, if you're playing, you, you can kind of figure it out. Yeah. Then um, after the round robin, we move on to a playoff format where we divide it up actually into three categories. Uh, so you have a top tier, a mid tier, and a low tier. And the reason why we're doing that this year is guys have told us, because um, we used to divide them up. Uh, into an upper and a lower and the lower guys would play less games and, and, you know, and have a, an easier bracket. And they said, you know what, we, we'd rather pay more and play more games. So um, I did a format in Saskatoon just on a smaller scale, just to see how it would work. And everybody loved it. So the, the guys that were in the bottom group, the guy that won, won six straight games all by one goal, three of them were in overtime. And he said it was the best time he ever had. And this was the bottom group. We thought, well, okay, perfect. You know, we just want people to come. Uh, and that the best players will still be in the top group and uh, and win the cash, I guess you could say as well. So I I personally, I absolutely love that, you know, because it sounds like the way that you have structured this, you sort of welcome players of all skill level. You know, typically when we think about most NHL esports tournament today, it's usually just focused on like, you know, the absolute best players, the absolute most competitive players. So I really love that. And I'm also really curious that some, I haven't done this yet, but I'm really curious to look into the the teams in the game and look at the attributes as well and, and how that informs the players' decision-making. Because I know like one of the biggest concerns we had this year was such a huge discrepancy in some of the attributes between teams, specifically with the international team. So yeah, I'm really curious about that. Um, and then, so Daryl, so it's it's so interesting when we talk about esports. Most uh, organizations, whether it be you know third party organizations or NHL teams, they always mainly focus on like the latest NHL games, right? But obviously, with your tournaments, you're focusing on the on the retro games, so NHL '94, and I'm, I'm hearing NHL '95. That's awesome as well. So, um, but I also know that you know that there's a popularity with with those games, and that there's a nostalgia, there's a fondness of the game. In fact. So much so that EA released, you know, like a retro version of the game back in NHL 14. They also have like NHL 94 as a rewind or pre-order bonus in NHL 21. What would you say like really um, uh, is is unique about those games and brings uh, a lot of uh, interest and fondness for for the community? I guess my first question to you, have, have either of you ever played it? I've, I've touched it once on, I think it was Sega Genesis. Yeah. Once or twice, I think. Safir? Okay. If my memory serves me well, I think it, when they first announced that as part of NHL 14, I think I might have played like one game. Okay, of the anniversary mode, which is which is really it's more that's kind like of like a simplified different. version. Yeah, it's like yeah. a yeah a simplified version of the actual mm-hmm. NHL 14 itself. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously this is is 30 years ago, and and you know if you're comparing it today, it, graphics and those kinds of things they just don't match up. But um, when it first came out. Um, this was the third installment, at least of the Sega version. So there was a, a what we call it NHL 92. It was called NHL Hockey first, which only had the NHL teams. Mm. Uh, and it only had the players' numbers, so it actually didn't have the players in the game. The, the uh, second installment was NHL PA 93, which had the players, but not the teams. So if you were playing as the Islanders, uh, it was actually, they were just called Long Island. It wasn't, it wasn't the New York Islanders. So it wasn't until 94 that they got the licensing rights at the basically at the last minute. I think there was a plan to have NHL PA 94, but the NHL wanted in. And part of their stipulation was, we want you to get rid of the blood and the fighting. <laughs> well, it, it, you know, it was, it kind of sucked that that happened, but obviously 
Um, it did. Uh, and, but still the gameplay itself is amazing. I mean, that was when we first heard about one timers. That was the first time when we first heard about uh, manual goalie control and there's defense control and all these things that were just never there before. Um, I, I like a quote by Mark Lesser, who was the programmer for NHL 94 and Sega Genesis. And he said that was the first time that it felt like you were actually playing an NHL hockey game. And I thought that that was like such a great quote because that's kind of how we view it. I mean, um, and even uh, there was another quote by Sean uh, Rammer from he's the EA producer. He said it was like the first time you could really do what you wanted when you wanted every single time. And so I think that's why we love it so much. Now, over the years, um, I've seen a lot of comments about how people probably I'll say maybe more Americans, not so much Canadians uh, since we grew up with, you know, a hockey stick as soon as we're born, but um, they picked up the game and they learned of actually both the NHL and hockey from the game. So they didn't know as much about hockey, but they learned, you know, offside, like things that maybe, you know, Mm -hmm. a hockey fan would take for granted, about icings, offsides, penalties, those kinds of things. They learned about the game. So they became a fan of hockey. Then they became a fan of NHL hockey and they became a fan of, their team so it was such a huge boom and i think that's to me that amazed me on the impact that that game has um probably helped too that the rangers won the cup that year for the first time in 50 years too so <laughs> yeah uh, but um i mean lots lot i could go on and on forever but i think that's those are the main points that's of interesting why. too yeah that's it's so interesting because like i never really thought about it about like you know they had the PA in 93. This 94 was kind of the first year it kind of all came together and was the first solid year of like NHL being the NHL we know today. Yeah. You know, that's it's incredible. So um, I'm going to ask you, Joel, I know we touched upon it a little bit about, you know, you mentioned about listening to the second episode of the podcast and esports and all that kind of stuff. How much of it do you actually follow? And then kind of like a follow-up question is like your thoughts on it, but also, you know, we're seeing in 2022, a lot of people are expecting NHL esports to take a huge jump. You know, teams are going to be spending more money on esports organizations now, now that the pandemic is gone, basically, fingers crossed. But what are your thoughts on it, the growth it's going, the trajectory it's going, and how do you feel about just NHL esports in general? Well, I'll tell you, I'm jealous. I'm jealous of you guys, because I'll tell you right now, if I, you know, if I was 17 again, I would be playing NHL 22 and NHL 23 nonstop <laughs> to try and, and make one of these teams. But obviously, you know, family life and everything else, I uh, just can't commit that kind of time. <laughs> I probably wouldn't be that good anyways. But I think that, um, I you know, I don't, like, I don't know, is it all the teams this year are going to probably have some kind of esports gaming team? Is that the plan that you've heard? Go ahead, Zephyr. Yeah, we're, we're definitely seeing, uh, not every team has been involved yet, but we're definitely seeing more and more teams uh, getting involved, and we're, we expect more for sure for yeah, NHL 23. It, it also might not be teams, but it also is like, I know the Montreal Canadiens have done like an NHL tw- like 20 tournament or something like that. So they may not have teams, but they'll be getting into that tournament esports kind of scene, right. as well as like, you know, the Columbus Blue Jackets tournament and all those kind of 6v6 stuff. Yeah, I mean, I was, I mean, I've, I follow the, the Blue Jackets gaming, the Caps gaming, Florida, the Panthers gaming, and and that kind of stuff. And I've watched uh, some of the the championship finals. Now, if you were to ask me who all the best players were, uh, I wouldn't be able to give you a whole ton of names. I mean, I watched Regs there, you know, and his his run, and uh, I do remember Eki. That was the first one I watched back in 2018 because yeah. uh, Arda Ocal was obviously the announcer. Him and Nasher. Arda came to our first two, or sorry, our second and third one, and announced for our 
our uh, Vegas one and our one in Vancouver, which was pretty cool to That's have awesome. them there. But you know what? I think that I would love to see them get to the point where every team has uh, like its own, like every NHL team has its own team. And wherever those players come from, whether they're, you know, don't keep it regionalized. If a Europe, European players can can play in this and, and play for the Leafs gaming or, or whoever it is, mm-hmm. I'd love to see some kind of Saturday afternoon matinee where all 32 teams are playing one game every day a week. You get your 6v6. I mean, it's it's perfect for um, – because it's before all the games that happen Saturday night. So you get that Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon games. I think that's your – I think that's your prime time to do that and uh, stream all of the games – if you have to, you know, maybe you need a whole bunch of different commentators or you can do them all back to back. I don't know how long, uh, you know, it takes to, to complete a game, but I think that that's, that's where I would like to see something like that. Yeah. Um, and I think just a lot of people would, would want to get involved. You know, you have your six players on your team, maybe you have a bit of a farm system so that if, you know, if one guy can't show up on mm-hmm. Saturday, you've got two or three guys that are ready to, to kind of fill the void sort of thing. So uh, I think people would get involved in that. That's that's where I would like to see it go. But anyways. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, we always, uh, you know, we, we like to bridge the gaps right between European and North American regions. And the one thing that I can't wait to see, maybe we'll see an NHL 23 is like a LAN event where we have, you know, the best Sixes team from Europe, the best Sixes team from NA, come in person, play. And you know what? Who knows? Maybe one of these tournaments will be one of those things where like the winning team gets to now be signed with one of those NHL teams, as we have seen the, the Islanders uh, do that. So I, I think, I think it'd be so cool and great point. Daryl. Yeah. Where, where, would, where would you host it? Um, so the Washington Capitals, for example, they hosted a, you know, a Sixers land uh, in Washington, but I feel like, you know, you could do it anywhere. I mean, the NHL GWC European tournament took place in the Netherlands. So I feel like there's, you know, there's always going to be those options. Obviously there's a lot of logistics that go into it and like the timing and all that, but yeah. I think it would be just so amazing to, you know, just bring the community together. Cause right now I feel like when I go on Twitch, um, and you have Eki streaming, a lot of his viewers, you know, they are, you know, the, the European uh, base and then same you know say uh, i don't know uh, gren will go live in na and you have most of his viewers are from na so i feel like you know integrating both of these communities will be just so good for for growth overall i think that's a great idea too yeah like you mentioned you when you were doing the uh, ihf tournament i saw in the chat like oh, yeah. the the latvian representatives there were people in the chat just going nuts like let's go latvia they're playing with yeah. team canada but they wanted the latvian players to win and you have that like EU NA rivalry like that would just be especially a land tournament that would be oh my god yeah so Raheel you talked I remember in the episode two you talked about the experience that you had in Montreal Mm -hmm. and I believe it was in a like a bar establishment is that correct yeah do you think that um... that's the way it should go forward because like I watched a bit I I watched a bit of the Rocket League championship series on Sunday Mm -hmm. which was in it's in a you know an arena yeah do you do you do you like the atmosphere better in there or would you like to see you think it should move towards the arena style so to, to be a hundred percent honest, I think NHL would be great in arena. I just don't think their esports side is popular enough yet. Right. You know, you, you'll have the people who are like, Oh, I'm a lease fan. And like, I play NHL. There's an NHL tournament. I'll go watch it at, you know, Scotiabank or something. But I was talking to someone I know in like League of legends, like wherever they go for a land tournament, like they sell out their arena. Wow. Like if NHL, and especially in North America, like in Canada, I feel like they could at least fill it up like 75% just right now. 
just by promoting it properly and marketing it properly. But the bar experience was incredible. But man, being in like an arena, having like, you know, even if it was a 1v1 tournament, just the two guys right across from each other, 20,000 or 19,000 people in the arena. Oh, that'd be incredible, man. I think that's the way to go. Yeah. yeah. I, I I will say though, um, totally agree with that. And, uh, but, but I'm also looking at like, you know, some crossover between like various esports leagues, like the NBA 2K league. So for example, Rap Raptors uprising, right? They have their own uh, esports facility now. That's where, you know, all, all uh, members uh, come in and, and play their game. So I believe it's called the, the Bell Gaming Center. And uh, I had the privilege of uh, visiting the space a couple of weeks ago, and I was just like in absolute awe. Like all I could think about was like, you know, I uh, hopefully, I mean, I'm sure Leaves Gaming will be back, but all I could think about was like, you know, oh my God, wouldn't it be so cool to have Leaves Gaming in this facility, regardless if it's 1v1 or 6v6, have the, have the players come in. Um, so I feel like, you know, having spaces like that and then like crossing it over to NHL uh, tournaments, I think would be just really good. I, and I haven't heard of that. What was it? What, so what was it like in there? Kind of a describe what the venue looked like. What was the experience like? Oh, it, it was absolutely amazing. Like the entire space was just uh, dedicated to Raptors Uprising. Like that was okay. the entire focus. Like they had like a streaming room as well, which was so cool. I ha had a chance to to go in there and do like like a quick little content piece. Um, it was absolutely amazing. And then they, they had, so they have uh, what's called a 2K support club so they had you know the closest supporters of the team coming in person and watched the team play in their 3v3 game and and i was so lucky enough to to go there no sleeves and bones were there too yeah. um but yeah it was just so great and i feel like having those dedicated spaces for the esports teams you know it kind of gives you that like safety net or the reassurance that you know if you want to host an event that there are options available right in your own city it's yeah. awesome. i like that oh that's awesome yeah, yeah. Really like cool. I said, jealous of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I will say though, Daryl, I feel like you've been an innovator yourself in many ways. You know, being able to organize the initial '94 tournaments has been absolutely incredible. I've done some research, and, and the growth has been amazing to see. So you've been crushing it. Uh, keep up the great work, and we are so excited for the next one taking place in October. You bet. I got one trivia question before we end, if that's all right. Sure. Oh no, I'm scared. <laughs> see if you can get it. Who was the last player to play in the NHL that was from NHL 94? And then I'll give you a little bit of tidbit afterwards, something very interesting. I want you to go first, Safir. So like like actually playing like like So he was in the game. He yeah. was in NHL 94 and he was the last one to play an NHL game. Uh it were last one to play an NHL game. Yeah. Safir, you go first. You're from NHL there. 94. Oh, this is so tough. Is it is it Sundin? Okay, that's one guess. Go ahead. That's not it. Damn. Rahil? Is it Yager? It is. Oh, oh, go. Go. It is. It's Yager. It's Yager. And I'll tell you an amazing stat about Yager. This blew my mind. So when when he was getting close to I mean, I don't, he didn't really technically retire because he's still playing in, in Europe. But mm -hmm. but um, when he was getting close, I kind of went back and I said, all right, I want to see who the last guy that's still playing in the NHL from any 16-bit game. Mm. So that's from 92 right up to 98. He was the last one in 98, and he was also in 92. So that tells you oh, how oh, long oh. the guy played. So he was in every 16-bit game, 92, 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98. And he was still the last one to play in the NHL, which, I mean, it's just a mind-boggling thing that I learned about him, um, considering all the guys that have played around then. Yeah. So 
Yeah. Wow. That's anyways, that was, that was my neat little stat for you. I thought was pretty cool. So, and you got it right, Rahil. Let's go. But listen, Daryl, honestly, (laughs) on on behalf of me and Zafir, thank you so much for taking the time to, you know, chat with us. This tournament, man, like I want to come down and watch it now. Like I'm so excited. Like it just sounds so exciting. I'm I'm excited, but thank you so much. It is a lot of fun. It gets pretty intense in there. So yeah. Zafir, we might have to take a small road trip to Vaughn. I, I think so. I'm going to yeah. book off that day right after right. this. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you. Take I me. appreciate it. So we are now joined by one of the best competitive players in NHL, Uninstall, my man. How you doing, bro? I'm doing great, guys. Uh, happy to be on here. Excited to uh, discuss some topics. And, uh, yeah, once again, excited to be here. Awesome. We really appreciate you taking the time to chat, man. Listen, when, when I was watching you in GWC, man, like, I was just like, dude, I can – I, I would get crapped on by these players. Like not even like, Oh, like, like a respectful score. Like I'd get like 11, three. I see, I see your pin tweet, man. That would happen to me. <laughs> Definitely exactly. to you, Rahil specifically. Yeah. Not you. Sapir's actually good. <laughs> I know, I'm, 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 I'm good. <laughs> but listen, so, you know, talking about GWC, you know, what was your experience? Like, let us know, you know, did you enjoy it as much as you thought you would, you know, what memories did you kind of take from it? Are you, are you proud of the way you competed and where you, you know, everything just, you know, let us know. Yeah, um, GWC was like one of the most favorite weeks like of like the past couple of years. I mean, it's something I've been waiting for for a couple of years now. Um, yeah, just the overall like memories you make with everyone and like just getting to meet like majority of the community like in person is is is, is awesome. Um, yeah. and then just obviously the whole venue and playing in it, and then uh, GW like the, the draft and uh, hanging out with the guys like outside of the venue as well. It's just, it's just, uh, incredible. Yeah. Um, I mean the memories that you make and everything, like I'll definitely hang on to those for a while. And I mean, I hope, um, the next GWC is, is, uh, is something like that, uh, next year. Yeah. And, and even for myself as, as a first timer, like I was just, I was blown away by just how awesome being in person was to experience it. Like, you know, it's fun experiencing on Twitch and stuff like that. But when you're in person seeing, you know, two guys going one-on-one against each other, you got the crowd reacting to every like broken play and every missed scoring chance. It is energizing. And that must like come across to you as an actual player too, I assume. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, like um, I didn't get to play on like the big main stage and stuff with like Mm -hmm. the whole crowd and everything, but like even like, you know, playing off stream and in that one area there, uh, like, uh right on the upper floor there yep. like you had regs's team behind me i could hear like i could hear the guys behind me in the practice room like like i could i could hear everything and like my, my mom's sitting over there i could i could hear everyone and so that still like was a little bit of an adjustment for me like i'm at home i have like music blasting and like i'm in my yeah. own room own space and everything but uh playing in, in the in those in those games with like you know how people are watching you at that point like um i had different perspective to me and like obviously would have been nice to play on the big stage, but I'm very, very grateful and I'm very happy with how it kind of it turned out. But I, I do have to say though, Benny, I I personally, you know, as one of your friends, I feel very proud of your growth as a competitive player, where you were last year and you know how well you were able to do this year. Like even speaking with Regs and Brandon and everybody, you know, that you've been scrimming leading up to the event have said so many good things about your growth like on on the ice you know you game you you stepped it up to another level you really gave regs a run for his money so what is sort of your overall goal heading into nhl 23 and next year's gwc yeah um i think like this year taught me a lot about how close yet how far i am um i think nhl 21 was was my breakout year with um not really having a, a gwc like 
run before that. Um, and then placing top eight was a big eye opener to me. And if you go back and I feel like if you asked me this like question of like, did you really think you could win last year uh, heading into the, heading that series day? I thought I could win my division, but I didn't think I'd win the whole tournament this year. I've, I had a feeling that I could actually do it. I, I was very, very confident in myself. Like, and I feel like, I feel like that show too. Like, um, I took Greg to three games and all three games were nail biters. Like, um, the games he won, the scores were, I think were both four one, but he didn't take away with the score until five minutes left when I have to go all mm-hmm. aggro. Right. So, um, so I felt like I saw that. And uh, when you look at all the matchups at the end, our, our, my matchup wasn't far off to what Gren's matchup was against regs in the finals. Like scores are very similar games were played very similar. Like, so to me, there's, yeah, there's two sides to that where like, yes, like, like, that stings like 100%. Like that could have been me in that position. But at the same time though, like that just means you're right there. So next year is to, is to have a, a more capable mindset saying that you, you're very much a competitor um, for winning it. And so, I I mean, um, we'll see how the uh, next year's uh, games go though next year. That's awesome, man. It sounds like you got a good mindset going into 23 and you know what? That's, that's the start of, you know, who knows? Well, maybe we'll see you win it at all next year. That'd be awesome. Yeah. But um, I'm going to switch topics a little bit. I'm going to get into sixes a little bit because I'm, I'm starting I'm starting to grow on sixes, man. I think I'm starting to become a sixes person and just like it, <laughs> like a world of child person. But so listen, Anasal, we know you can I call you Benny? I can call you Benny. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. We're buddies now. Yeah. So Benny, we, you know, obviously you teamed up with Saphir. You represent 614 hockey in the CBJ Kroger cup, but, I want to talk to you guys about, well, not even, Safir, you can get out of here, but we're going to talk to Benny about <laughs> how you got, how you think you guys did, how you felt about it. And also just what about sixes stands out to you that makes it unique? Cause you know, you're obviously a very good one V one player finished top eight in GWC, but you, you play sixes as well. And that's not th- like, it's common, but it's not that common. Not every one V one player plays sixes, not every six V sixes player plays one V one. So just kind of your thoughts on that whole thing. Um, yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't say that I have the most, uh, six experience compared to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I honestly, this year was the least amount of sixes I've played in the past, like two years of NHL. Um, and whether that was just me not finding the right team or, or whatever, I just, um, I, I just didn't play a lot of tournaments this year. Um, but that's not to say that I don't, I don't love that side of NHL. Um, I, I really want to pick up sixes like more. Uh, like I want to really get into it next year. Um, yeah. and, and I, I think I'll have the time for it next year. So, um, so that was kind of a good gateway, uh, with six, one, four at the end of the year. Um, I hadn't, ha- I hadn't been on a team all year and they needed a guy one night. Um, and they had a roster spot open. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, um, you know, I, I'm very familiar with everyone on that team and was like, absolutely. Uh, and I, I didn't end up playing a game that night. And didn't play, end up playing the game for the rest of the season. But if it felt <laughs> nice, to, it felt nice to be a part of a team. Like actually, like you know, I'm sitting there watching the game, like yeah. being into it because I want my see, I want to see my team uh, go right. So uh, I mean, we had eventually just lost to LFT, who made top four uh, in the CBJ Kroger Cup. So um, I mean, it was, it was a tough run, but I mean, we weren't even guaranteed to make the playoffs. So it was it was nice to watch that like last couple of days, like get that final push in. And uh, and yeah, I mean, uh, I hope to pick up sixes next year and um you know try to get better with that it's awesome so you mentioned you kind of you know you're talking about getting more into sixes next year what about sixes is it that is so appealing to you it's the team aspect i think when you look at every other esports and you see like the the interaction between player on player i mean like 
like I, like I don't know, like one one v one gets lonely sometimes. Like you know, like you're like you want to you want to like express like how you're feeling about the game and like yeah. strategize with your teammates, right? And I feel like that's like that's the aspect that I really want to get into and like and what I really like about sixes. So um, and that's and that's for me too. Like if when I'm looking for a sixes team, like I want to be f- friends with everyone. Like I don't want like to meet just a hop on at seven o'clock and just like, like random talk people, to guy, yeah. random people. And like, just everyone's muted and the odd person will throw out the odd comp. Like, like I want to be friends with all these guys. I want to be talking to them. So like, um, so that was the big thing. Six one four too. Like I, I've, I was very familiar with everyone. So, um, so yeah, like that's what I kind of like, that's what I like about sixes. You just like, you're, uh, it's not just you wanting to win. It's five mm-hmm. other guys on your team that try to take down their six guys. Yeah, and like from my perspective, shout out to 614 Hockey, by the way, for giving us uh, the opportunity to represent them. I know they're affiliated with CBJ Gaming, but kind of to your point, Benny, like, you know, we're, we're competitive 1v1 players. And like, you know, so when we play in HL, we usually take it very, very seriously. So playing in this tournament, you know, in 6v6, I just, I really loved just like taking like a chill approach. We were just cracking jokes all the time, you know, we looking for trouble. You mentioned they, they placed top four in the tournament. Um, they beat us, I think it was like 7-0, you know, opening. Yeah. And we're making, we're cracking jokes when we're down like 5 nothing. in the third <laughs> period. Like, we had, we had so much fun. And, yeah, and it got, like, ties to your entire point about, like, you know, that uh, aspect of, like, uh, you know, not feeling lonely, like, you know, make, uh, playing with your friends and all of that. It's, it's such a unique experience. But in saying that, we also know that, you know, there's lots of Sixes teams that are taking uh obviously this tournament seriously and the finals is taking place i believe it's tomorrow um and it's between prodigy and an entourage and i think what uh, i find really interesting is that you know we often talk about how 1v1 and sixes they each have their own skill set and it's very difficult for the majority of players to cross over those skills to the other mode and be just as good but the players on the prodigy team have been able to do that you know specifically top of my head i'm thinking of like geimer cat and polgs can you tell us a little bit about what makes them so special as players to be able to do that yeah they're they're starting the new wave of just overall competitive dominance right like that's like I mean, and if you even want to go past Prodigy with ILGT, you got regs and what, like, mm-hmm. like, like tons, like there, there's like to say you can't do both directories is, is, is wrong. It's being proven by, um, by especially Prodigy, right? Like those, those are all one v one top end players that said, why not just get into the sixes scene and go dominate that scene too. And they, and they've done both. So um, yeah. And, and that's, and that's inspiring for me too. Like that just makes me like want to grind sixes more. Cause I'm like, okay, like, I feel like I've worked so hard to get to that level of one v one where I like to think I'm in that category now with that with those guys. Why can't I do the same in sixes? So, um, so like they're I gotta give like they're huge props to them. Like they all, all those guys. I feel like I'm very familiar with um, with their starting lineup, and so like you just gotta give props. Like they're they're the best in the game right now, and they and they're doing it in two scenes. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. They've totally shown it that, you know, it's possible. And I'm glad that you have that ambition in you as well. And I'm sure that you would kill it. But um, I know that, you know, there is a 1v1 tournament taking place and you do always excel in those, you know, we got the the Honda versus tournament and uh, you've been very close at, at qualifying and making it to the final stage. But if I'm not mistaken, I believe you lost in the finals the first week and you placed uh, top four in the second week. Can you tell us a little bit about your run uh, so far in, in that uh, 1v1 tournament? Yeah, I mean, um, the Honda terms was uh, a blast so far. Um, week one was my most successful week 
uh, as you said, making the finals. Um, I knocked off I knocked off Regs in, in the winner bracket, which should get get my uh, get my revenge from GWC, which is kind of nice. <laughs> but, um, I'm I'm not here to say that I deserve that game though. I, I got bailed, but uh, but yeah, yeah, I beat Regs and then uh, went along and uh, lost to Jose in the in the winners bracket there. So um, had to wait for the loser bracket to catch up to me and um, and then Regs lost to to Miso Trippy who. Uh, was an underdog, but I mean, Miso's great, a great player too, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, eventually, just made it all the way uh, to to the finals of the loser bracket where I played Aves, and um, Aves just so good in these tournaments. Maybe, uh, maybe really work for it, uh, and made it back up to the finals and beat uh, Derek. So, um, had to go back up to the winners bracket to play Joe's, and since he was in the winners bracket, I had to beat him in two best of threes before he beat me in one. So that's just, it is so tough to wow. to do that to like to one of the best players in the world, right? Like that is so tough to do. Yeah. Um, and I think that's gonna be the big thing, like for these next coming weeks of Honda. Like I gotta, I'm really hoping I'm the guy that sit there, sit there in the winner bracket, waiting for the loser bracket to come to me, because like that, like it's it's so tough to beat in two best of three. So, um, yeah. So I played Joseph. Uh, first best of three, I two owed him and thought I had all the momentum. Was really confident running into the second series, and then he flipped the switch. Um, and you know, I, I thought that second series should have went game uh, game three, but um, ended up uh, beating me in two. And then um, and then week two was a little bit more of a struggle for me. I lost a regs in the winners bracket, so once again he gets his revenge on me. <laughs> We'll keep trading off. Um, and then uh, and then I had to play Derek again in the finals to lose a bracket. And this time I lose. Uh, and then so those two were the finalists and uh, Rags ended up taking them down. So, I mean, um, I had expected two favorites now to uh, uh, the next uh, Honda week would be me and uh, Aves, like uh, just uh, off of placements. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm working. We'll hopefully uh, qualify week three or maybe even four. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. And, and I'm seeing that little rivalry develop between you and Avis. And, and I personally find it absolutely amusing watching you guys on Twitch just start raging at each other. It's it's so hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I know Rahel and I, we always talk about like cross-platform. And I don't think that it's a coincidence that, you know, the first or week one qualifiers, uh, similar to Tampa, it, it was Jose and Polk. So, Benny, just a general question. You know, hopefully we get some NHL 23 news coming up. And I know, Rahul, you and I, we spoke a lot about, about cross-platform next episode. Yeah. What What is the importance of having cross-platform when it comes to NHL tournaments? Yeah, and I, I think that's what, like, it goes beyond HUT and World of Chell and everything. Like, it, it affects everything. Um, having cross-play, like, it just shows, like, um, it, the two – dominating xbox players this year were polls and joe's i think there's no debate those were the two mm-hmm. um they figured out the xbox side well whatever me and Sophia and regs and grand whatever mm-hmm. on our playstation um and so yeah like i like having crossplay to have crossplay you got to have the game play the same on on both consoles and so i don't know how publicly known it is um but the two consoles play differently playstation is more smoother uh, puck possession, you know, there aren't as many bumps on it, less bouncy. Where Xbox is um, more m- maybe clunky, but they have bumps. You can you can use that to your advantage and stuff. So there's two different styles you have to play on each console. So when you when someone is more dominant on one console, it can't translate it over. It's tough. So if you is you if you can get the same gameplay on both consoles and have it cross platform, I think we'll really see like 
a good representation of who's the top of the top, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not, and that's not to say Polk and Joe aren't the best players in the world, but like mm-hmm. that's just saying like there are different um, styles on on each console, and so it's I was not a shock at all to me seeing uh, those two qualify on Xbox. Um, and then even week two with uh, Geimer and Regs, I mean, those are two PlayStation guys that maybe it took a week for them to, to adapt. Um, I know, I know Safir is all perked up because he beat Geimer round one in, uh, <laughs> in, in week one, but definitely uh, boosted uh, my ego a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he gave it back to you in week two. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> Un- unfortunately, yeah, there's a rivalry going on there. Heartbreaker. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, we'll see. Um, yeah, hopefully another PlayStation qualifier uh, comes next year. It's interesting. I totally like I, I've heard of like the two consoles playing differently, but like I'll admit I'm a lot more casual, like yep. you know, before we started this podcast. And like it's interesting how like you know, something as simple as like bumps or something as simple as like having smoother gameplay could give you the edge in your particular console. But if you have that cross platform and like that, like you know, it's all the same, the playing field is more even and like who knows, maybe there's a player who's really good who's just better with bumps and maybe he struggles a bit if it's more even and there's not as many bumps that's so interesting man yeah yeah absolutely yeah no definitely man like uh, like i mean i'm starting to get used to the xbox gameplay but like there'll be situations like i'll be in the, in the corner you know controlling the puck and on playstation rather and somebody would bump me and i'm like oh, okay you know well good i still have the puck but on xbox like, like a little nudge and it goes away from me and i'm like god damn it now i can't ozone rag the puck and this, this is gonna be a yeah I, I mean me and Safir <laughs> have been talking recently too like we've been playing a lot of money games it's just a pass by time over the, uh the past little while and like um, with Honda, I've been playing a lot more money games on Xbox just to get used to the console. And like now, I'm playing money games on PlayStation. Just like this, whoever is giving me games, I'm like, like, I don't like this how this plays anymore. Yeah. Like, I means if you're talking about that last night, I'm like, like, I don't know how this. Like, I don't know how I feel. Like, I'm like way more used to Xbox now. And like, oh, I like no. the gameplay more. So I think it's all what you're used to. Um, me and me and Safira were definitely more used to PlayStation. I mean, I came up from Xbox. I wasn't always an Xbox kid growing up, and it was. Uh, uh, GWC NHL 21 that really won me over on PlayStation because I, I switched that console and loved it. Loved mm-hmm. the gameplay, thought I suited my style a lot more, and so that's why I played uh, on PlayStation this year. Um, and hopefully that doesn't really matter next year with crossplay. Hopefully that just it, it's just the same game. But yeah. um, but yeah, so that I, I mean, right now I'm like an Xbox. So I bet you like once this tournament's done, and I start playing more PlayStation <laughs> games. I like it. I like PlayStation gameplay a little bit more. So so you and Sephira have run a couple money games. Yes, yes. Who's won um, most of them? Please, uh, please my ego, Betty. Let's go, buddy. I'm sorry, I have to ask. I genuinely didn't know. I, was <laughs> uh, I yeah, whatever. Safir. Uh, no, but I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll have it known he he did win the first one, and then I won the last two. But they're always 50 50 But if, okay, uh, I'll, I'll beat Safir. I'll beat Safir. Yeah, please. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm petrified of her. <laughs> Just the pure underdog of Montreal from 21. Yeah, exactly. Yes. yes um but uh so benny i have one more question i'm gonna put you on the spot so we know that the third qualifiers of the honda tournament is is coming up this saturday obviously xbox one and xbox series x i'll have it known that i I will be playing on xbox series x so my question is who do you have qualifying on series x on both consoles oh god you can start with one (laughs) okay we'll start off on series x so series x gren didn't play last week so he he's back. I from uh, a little birdie is telling me that he's playing next week. So Safir's gonna have some competition. He's also got Cat on that console. <laughs> uh, I don't know why you're trying to convince Nippin to play this weekend, but he might be playing. So 
You got you got some competition over there. I'll say Stafir wins just to just to, just to boost his little ego. Just so you can get back uh, next time on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Behind yeah. the scenes, he'll be messaging all those guys. Oh, don't yeah. worry about Stafir. <laughs> <laughs> I was just making the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'll say Stafir wins Xbox next gen, but don't be surprised if Gren wins. Um, and then on old gen, I'll say that I win it based off just confidence. But I, I. Uh, I mean, I believe the Duncan Demon came down to old gen. I know Meso's there. I know Avez is there, obviously, right? So, like, it, I, I know I don't have a free run. I know I'm going to have to uh, work for it. But uh, I'll say I'll say, me and Safira are, are the two winners. I like that. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Got yeah. two winners here, and I'm just standing here watching. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, no, I, 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 be- I believe Raheel. If, uh, if we get you in the lab, me and Safira, we can teach you some stuff. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Like, this time up. next year when we're talking about 24, I'm going to be winning some tournaments. Raheel, uh, next year's GWC, that's going to be you on the stage, you know? Yeah, <laughs> maybe, interview, maybe the- interviewing someone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's that's been awesome. Cool. Well, I think that'll do it, Benny. We would like to, on behalf of Rahil and myself, we would like to thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to chat, you know, all things NHL with us. Uh, it's been a pleasure. If you have any concluding remarks. No, I mean, uh, thank you guys, Avi. Uh, I love the podcast so far. I mean, I believe it's the third episode. Watched, or, uh, watched and listened uh, the first two. I've been loving what you guys are doing. And, um, yeah, hopefully there's many, many more. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you.